This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. And hello, everyone. Welcome to The Works. I'm your host, Keith Williams, and thank you so much for tuning in. And our guest this week is Catherine Dale. She'll be joining us here today on the Works Podcast. Uh, Catherine, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for having me on such a, it's such a beautiful, glorious Sunday here. So thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yes, it's, it's such a, it's such a great day. Uh, as well as uh, not blazing hot. It's like a great weather, great weather today. Um, so tell everybody who is Catherine Bale? <laughs> well, that's a great question. And I invite all of your listeners to reflect on who they really are. Because in thinking about who we really are, we often refer to our roles. So I'll start off with the roles. So I'm founder of The Awaken Company. I am co-founder of an app called Awakenly. I'm a, a business partner and collaborator with Russ Hudson, and we're doing a number of things on creativity and the Enneagram. I'm also a mother. I am a wife, I am a godmother, I am a friend, I am a colleague, I am a, what I'd say is my essence is I love to build things that positively impact society. I absolutely adore playing tennis and windsurfing and being in nature, and I love to write, so I've written a book called the Awakened Company, and I'm in the process of uh, working on a, a poetry book, working on a book on Enneagram and creativity with Russ Hudson, and also working on a new book um, that builds on The Awakened Company, a new book that builds on The Awakened Company. I love to create and to help other people create uh, create worlds, create uh, new ideas and new ways of being for themselves. For example, I have a new um, program coming up on relationships in the Enneagram with Dr. Deborah Egerton. Really excited about that. I have a whole bunch of, if you check out our website and see our events, you'll see a whole bunch of speaking in San Francisco in July. Really looking forward to that. So I love to create and help people to, other people to create healthy lives for themselves, healthy, healthy lives for their relationships. And the Awakened Company focuses on creating healthy corporate cultures. So I love to create healthy teams and communities. So and I'm also like, I meditate a lot and I practice a lot and I'm in stillness a lot. And I love to do yoga. I'm a trained yoga instructor in addition to uh, being certified in the Enneagram. So I'm a weaver and I'm also, you know, this rhymes. I'm also a life believer. Like I believe in the power of our life force. And I believe that we can we are all such creative beings. So I'd invite everybody to really reflect on what your brilliant question is, who are we really? And if we get to the essence of that question, it's something a lot more interesting than our roles. Uh, the Awaken Company, so is it a company and a book or just a book? 
It is. So do you want me to tell you the story of how the Awaken Company was born? Uh, absolutely. So I was sitting in a dimly lit cafe in New York City. So, and I all of a sudden got struck by lightning um, from not in a real sense, in a sense that an idea just kind of hit me. And I'm sure people listening to this have had those times, maybe you have too, where you get struck by these ideas. And I turned to my colleague and I said, you know, I'm going to write a book called The Awakened Company. And at the time, I'm as, as I said earlier, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I'd co-founded an executive search firm called Blue Era. And so really, I was like, okay, I'm going to write The Awakened Company. And I looked at my colleague, Carolyn, in this dimly lit cafe in New York City. And she said, yes, you are. You are totally meant to do that. So I embarked on a journey with The Awakened Company. Originally, it was a book on executive recruiting. And I showed my, my partners it, and they're like, Kath, it's really not very good. And I kept on working at it and working at it and working at it. And at the time, um, Eckhart Tolle had just released a number of books and I was so impressed with his books and I really wanted Namaste Publishing to publish this business book. So I approached them and said, hey, will you publish my book? Uh, and they're like, no, 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 no. And I just kept on going and kept on going and following the threads that kind of invited me into it while at the same time I was building and we were building this executive search firm. And the executive search firm became one of the best places to work on the profit 200 list. And I'm like, you know what? The book's actually about how do we build corporate culture? So wrote the book. And then I was talking to Constance, who is now my publisher or was my publisher of Namaste. And she said, you know, why don't you invite in thought leaders to get their opinions? So I did. I talked to um, Otto Sharma from MIT, Rosemark Carrio, who is the CEO of Patagonia, uh, Dr. Julian Barling, who's one of the top researchers in the world on leadership. And I collected all of their opinions and really looked at them and said, how could this be part of the book and incorporated their, their insights and baked them into the Awakened Company. I, at the same time, I was collaborating uh, with Russ Hudson on this book. And it was really, really powerful. And um, Namaste decided they would publish it. So they published The Awakened Company. And um, interestingly, just this December, it was re-released after seven years. And most business books don't last more than six months. So The Awakened Company was birthed out of a lightning bolt. And then it, what I did with it is I followed the threads or followed the crumbs that life laid down for me in terms of what to pick up and eat and what not to. And so I kept on, on learning and growing as the book was evolving. And now I'm in the process of writing another book, a new book on like more of the how to awaken companies, how to bring it into everyday life for everybody. Uh, and so at the same time, as I was going through this experience with writing the book, uh, you know, my executive search business was thriving and the company was thriving. We brought in new partners and I decided, you know, I really didn't want to do it anymore, that it was time for me to become a grandma, to let go. Because when you start a company, it's like having a baby. So at first, it's like a whole entity of its own. And then as you grow it and evolve it. Uh, it becomes like I became like the grandma. So I eventually tossed over the reins to Blue Era, to my former partners, and they're still my great friends. Um, and they continued the organization. 
now what is super interesting about that is I, I learned so much about how to build a business and then how to sell a business and how to become like a grandma to a business, which is also an interesting story. And the, the whole piece though, around corporate culture, to me, organizations need to bring in more humanity to the work, to our work. So that's what our business is focused on is creating healthy corporate cultures by bringing more humanity back into our organizations. So we help businesses create uh, visions. We help them to create action plans. We help them to create, how do we build in mindfulness into our, our organizations? How do we create and, um, and measure corporate culture in a healthy way. So we help organizations do that. So it's a book and it became a business, but I didn't think originally it would become a business. Originally it started as this lightning bolt idea in New York City. And you know the impetus is most businesses don't survive past nine years. Most people are disengaged at work. And most people rate the worst time of their day is their time with their bosses. And I wanted a new equation for everybody's children and a better way of working and being together. Um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because when we think about, you know, corporate America, we, you know, we think about, you know, oh, you know, I just want to make money. Uh, and and the people who are, you know, working for them, uh, executives or whoever owns the company view them as a person that will help them make money. And they're really not being, there's really not a human side to, uh, you know, corporate America. You also have like executives, they work like 80, 90 hours a week and they really don't have anything outside of that. So does your book like create that type of balance? That's its whole focus. That's a very astute comment and I'd love to elaborate on it further. So we bring in business research, practical know-how and wisdom traditions. So one thing about business research that when I'm meeting with CEOs, I'll often ask them and their leadership teams, what's your vision? I'd say over 90% of organizational leaders are not able to repeat their vision. So they don't even know their why for in terms of why they're working. Now, I'm not going to fault them. I think the only way to get better is just for people to know and understand. So here's one thing that every business leader should know. When we focus solely on financial performance, those are historically the worst performing organizations. When we focus just on culture, those are middle level performing organizations. However, the alchemy is when we focus two thirds on creating healthy corporate culture and one third on financial results. So we can never say that finance doesn't matter. And we can, we can definitely never say that corporate culture doesn't matter. However, our vista, our perspective is in the wrong place. Our perspective, uh, has been we've been kind of drilling about this productivity, finance, etc. Yes, that's important. And what's more important is why are we working together? How are we working together? And who do we have to be to get to where we want to go? And it also creates more meaning and belonging in our organizations, which I think right now people are really craving, really craving. So we can't, but often leaders don't know this. There's a knowing doing gap. 
So the invitation for everybody listening to this is to actually do this. So create a vision, create, a, and people often don't have a personal vision for why they're here. And either we, we know what our vision is, or we will be led. We need to bring in more self-awareness into our organizations. The research shows the more self-aware leaders are, the higher performing we are. So one minor hack people can do is to know their Enneagram type. So the Enneagram is a profound personality roadmap for how do we be more present. So understanding our pluses and minuses as leaders, and also to understand that um, there is a study done, and I got this research from Dr. Uh, Shawnee Harley, uh, who's a former Olympic coach. We have about 60,000 thoughts a day, about 80% are repeating, and about 90% are negative. So if we know that, how do we create positive, kind of positive hacks in our world to rewire our brain to be more positive? So that's the invitation is to get more positive. Um, and to really, you know, um, yeah, to be positive and to um, uh, know what our intention is. So I think every leader should also have personal intention. And when we look at an awakened company, I'm just riffing here, by the way, because you've got me so excited about talking about this. So feel free to interrupt me at any time. So when you look at an awakened company, if you think of it like we're like a drop of a droplet of water. So we're a droplet of water. And when we put that drop into an organizational field, it creates rings. So I'd like everybody to start thinking about their organizations more systemically and more interrelatedly, because when we drop, put that drop of water into the ocean, then it creates circles. The next circle is our relationship, then our teams, our organizations and communities. So we need to think about how do we build healthy culture for ourselves, which we talked about a little bit. And number two is how do we build healthy relationships? And I think relationships are the really the secret sauce and glue of organizations, and we don't spend enough time in them. So to give you uh, an example, as research shows that the majority of people are disengaged at work. Um, people rate the worst time of their day is their time with their bosses, and that higher performing teams tend to say five times as many positive things to each other as lower performing teams. So as anyone in any organization at any level, if we begin to notice the positive, it actually improves our performance. So write that thank you note. Positively notice when somebody's when somebody's engaged, what's the smallest thing we can do to help people feel that they, they belong and that reinforces the vision and values of the organization. Now, the third ring is, is our teams. And I think every team needs to think about energizing, sustaining, and regenerating. And when I speak about energizing, I'm meaning vision, uh, having clear metrics, also celebrating successes. And when I talk about sustaining, I'm meaning values, connectedness, and structure, how is the organization structured? And then the third pillar is regeneration, which is about our innovation, creativity, and also finding peace in our organization and doing things differently, like having mindfulness breaks, stillness breaks, creativity walks, uh, allowing people to bring whatever art they want into the world, uh, giving people more into the office, giving people more freedom around how they work. I think trust, which falls really under the second pillar, is a huge uh, lever for anybody. The more we trust people, 
the faster our work gets done. And if if we we don't trust people, it's like imposing a tax on the entire system. So for every leader to think about those different ripples and what are the different ripples and how are we measuring them? And I don't believe culture can be cookie cutter. I think all of these attributes that I've talked about need to be digested and need to be incorporated into the living organism of businesses and organizations today. And let's face it, the only way we're going to solve the problems that we face today is by working together better as a collective. There's uh, two things I want to point out, uh, and this is where I, what I notice, uh, you know, dealing with people and being in corporate America. One of the things I've seen is that uh, executives tend to be nicer, I should say, to, to those who productivity level is, is low and they always criticize or they treat people who have higher productivity levels they 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 tend to they tend to treat them worse than the ones that that be goofing off at the office or the warehouse or something like that. But then the people who are, you know, they come to work every day, they work really hard, those are the ones who get treated bad. And these folks, they don't want to come to work. And and then once they, you know, productivity drops, so they may skip a day or two. You know, they're like, well, well, what, what happened? I'm like, I'm telling you what happened. You know, you treating the best employees really bad, and they're not going to stand for that for too long. Eventually, they're either going to slack off or they'll be like, I quit, and they're going to go somewhere else. That's one thing I saw. Another thing that I've seen in working with people, and I think this should be in corporate America as well, what do you think about uh, what are you thinking about uh, in, uh, executives and employees doing a vision board? I think it's a great idea. And let's talk about this productivity thing. I don't have any specific data that I can point to that says anything around what you just said. However, I, I would like to comment on it because I do think there's a commitment gap and um, that when people make commitments at work that uh, often they're not fulfilled. And, but the thing is people accept it. And I think that that leaders accept it. And I think that creates a huge productivity challenge in terms of what you just said. I don't believe the majority of people want to, I think the majority of people want to do good, important work. The challenge is that it's, it may not be rewarded. It may not be clear. People may not understand what the organization is really about. And I think also unacceptable behaviors are tolerated. So why would people change? Um, so I think your point is a very, very, very good one. Um, now, in terms of your second point, what was your second question again? I got really kind of enamored with your first point. About the... Uh the vision board yeah i think everybody should have a personal vision and that's super super important i was just in i just did a big um talk this week actually to a, a whole room full of leaders who flew into the mountains to talk about this and the first question i asked is who has a personal vision 
nobody raised their, well, one person raised their hand and it wasn't really a vision. I think everybody needs to consider for themselves first and foremost, because if we can't lead ourselves, how could we possibly lead someone else? So we need to understand who we are, what our inner compass is, and what our personal North Star is. And that's actually part of what my next book is on, is cultivating the whole sense of our inner vision, our inner compass, our North Star, and how do we create healthy visions for ourselves? For example, do you have a personal vision? Um, it's okay to say no. I, I, um, you know, I never really, uh, I, I never really, you know, sat down and kind of map out what what that looked like. Um, I do know, uh, I do know what I want to do in life. What is my, uh, why I'm here? Yes. I, I do know that, but as far as like actually sitting down and, you know, and actually put that together, uh, I can't say that I have done that. Yeah. So, and just, I'll be very real, very few people have. And yet we know when we write down what our aims are and come from that place, it's a good reminder when we've got all those negative thoughts kind of floating out there, how do we be more positive? So I'd really invite everybody listening to write down their um, personal vision. So like things to consider in this or like what stories um did you um, receive as a child or that were repeating in a child that kind of exemplified what your potential superpowers are? So for example, one of my superpowers is, um, and for everybody to invest their, investigate in terms of what their superpowers are. One of my superpowers is intuition. And that intuition came from what happened to me as a child. I moved every two years growing up as a kid and moving every two years, I didn't know people. So I was really often lonely and thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to possibly make friends? So I used my intuition. My intuition was cultivated throughout my life and throughout my childhood growing up, having moved every two years. So one of my superpowers is this intuition. So I'd invite everybody to consider what are your superpowers and what are the most important superpowers and what stories did you receive about your superpowers as as children and to cultivate and in the book I'll more clearly lay out the whole entire process however everybody can begin by just writing down a few sentences today on what's your personal vision and then to your point about vision board people support what they create and that's one of Margaret Wheatley's principles uh, and so I suggest everybody comes to meetings, um, to a visioning session and do it together. And first kind of maybe sharing your personal visions. And Benjamin Disraeli said, most people die with their music locked up inside them. So how do we unlock our music? We unlock our music by understanding our personal vision and then living day to day and all the small things with that personal um, vision and then coming together and creating a vision for the team. 
And again, it's more of a community effort. And I made a, I'll tell you another story, and it's a bit of a personal disaster story, um, is when I founded uh, this company with Shahana, Blue Era, the executive search firm, um, you know, we had a strategy session as a team and I'm like, here's our vision. And we rounded up everybody. And I'm like, here's our vision. Isn't it great? And everyone was like, yeah, this is an amazing vision. Great, 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 great. And then we brought in a consultant to help us with the work we were doing. And the first question he asked was, uh, what's your vision? And nobody remembered it. And to your point, I think nobody remembered it because we didn't create it together. Rather, I kind of shoved it down people's throats. And then what was worse is not only did I shove it down people's throats, then I did not repeat it. So we then created the vision together. And now, and or then, everybody remembered it from their vision values. And we reinforced it all the time. And so that it became something more lived and something more like full of color like a like a canvas that became alive and vibrant so I'm a huge I think that's where we have to start is what's our site and actually when you when we think about it site is actually most people's strongest sense so it's very important for people to understand where organizations are heading well I, I can tell you what my two superpowers are oh <gasps> what are they let's hear uh, one of them is discernment. Mm. You know, I could just, you know, I can tell when something is wrong mm -hmm. uh, you know, by uh, the, uh, the way people speak, how they speak, what words they use, and their body language. I can, I can tell, you know, I may not say anything, you know, right then, and I'm, I'm just soaking it all in like a sponge. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you know something is wrong, but it's not necessarily, it might not be the right time to say anything, you know, yes. at that particular point. Uh, but there would be times in which you have to say something. And that's one of my superpowers. Uh, another one I would like to share is the fact that I have the, excuse me, I have this unique way of holding people accountable mm. that is unique way because uh, it, it may be rubbed off as being harsh you know but really you know it's not so I, I don't think that we was built to tolerate just anything and everything especially those things that we know that is morally wrong yeah That's yeah kind of, you know especially when it hurts people, then that's that's the time to speak up. And I've been doing that for years. Uh, so those two were considered to be, you know, my superpowers. Oh, and another thing, uh, I can get really stubborn some at times. Mm. Like I can take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, it's something of great importance, whether it's uh to me personally, you know, I'm working on a personal goal yes. or when I'm out in the field doing uh, community organizing and community outreach work, I'm very, you know, and, you know, I'm trying to get help for a cause or an issue needs to be pouring out. 
you know, and a lot of people said, well, you know, this is not really important. Or all I hear is no, 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 no. And I keep getting rejected. It's like no one's listening to me. And mm. I get really frustrated. And I was like, well, and it's like I got this split personality. One side of me saying, you know, maybe I should just be quiet. And the other side were like, well, no, you can't do that. You know, you mm-hmm. got to keep going. You got to find ways to, you got to find ways to be heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to give an example. Uh, in, in where I live at, you know, we have this event every day to where, you know, it's a celebration of the community, right? Mm-hmm. But but now you have a couple of politicians that came in, and this event is always organized by the people who live in the community, right? So mm-hmm. now you have two politicians, elected officials that pretty much came in and take over, and couldn't get it, you know, couldn't talk to them by email or telephone in that case or in any situation that's either bothering me or, or, the, or the people they're supposed to represent. So guess what? I blasted this person out on, on social media. And hmm? finally, I did. I blasted this person on social media. And finally, when I came to this meeting, that's when she tried to, you know, that's, what, that's when she tried to confront me in front of all these people and guess what? I shut that down real quick. Mm. Amazing. You know, leading you know, leading her to be embarrassed even further. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's you know, a great so in that instance. So in that isn't, you know, uh, you know, and people kept ju- you know, jumping down my throat, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I don't care. You know. I mean, she's wrong. This person was wrong for what she did. And y'all wrong for, you know, defending her. So don't come at me like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up just like her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, they back down too. I did not take, you know, <laughs> I did not take no for an answer. That's awesome. You know, I did not take no for an answer. I was determined to be her. And that particular day, even though I don't want to have anything to do with them, that on that particular day, I was heard loud and clear, and the message that I displayed came out loud and clear. Amazing. So I have a question for you. So based on your superpowers of discernment, holding people accountable, being stubborn, and that beautiful story that you just shared, what does that indicate to you in terms of what might be a few sentences around your personal why? My personal life? Yeah, your per- why, like your vision, your vision. I, I feel that I, I feel that I'm here to serve people. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily need a title. Yeah. If, if, if any title that anyone should have, it should be that of a servant. I love it. That's I, pretty much it. I absolutely love it. So I'll share my, my vision, which is to be and become ever more a healthy muse, to radiate love, power, and, and wisdom 
in service to humanity and the planet. So I very much relate to your vision. I'm here to serve people. And I'd invite you to really consider the inner compass about being here. What does that really mean? But see, you provided a, a, a vision in a very brief period of time. And I'd invite you to really contemplate it and to look for more examples about how you're here to serve people and to to live from that place, which it sounds like you do, of your inner compass and North Star. Um, so I just, that what you just shared in terms of your superpowers, your uh, and your ability to come up with that statement shows that it can be done. Now, it doesn't, I will tell you, it doesn't happen that quickly for the majority of people. Some people, it takes years to figure this out. The other thing, the other question I like to invite people into to help discover their personal vision is when are you best? Like, when are you absolutely at your best? Uh, well, I'm I'm at my best when, you know, I'm at my best when, uh, in terms of what you know what I do. You know, for example, if there's a an issue that is important to people and they feel that they don't have a full, uh, a voice, that's yeah. when I go into action. Or is there's a, a a natural disaster or some type of mutual aid that people need help? And yeah. they feel, well, I contacted all these folks and I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere, I'm not getting any help. You know, that's that's where you know I come in. It's kind of like if you're familiar with the Batman, you know, franchise, every time uh the police uh commissioner and the mayor they get into trouble, guess what? They they go to that tower and they turn on that uh the bat signal. Yes, 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 yes. And they say, well, we can't know you back then. But, you know, well, that's well, that's how I feel. Well, that gets even more interesting because now you've kind of layered in, I'm here to serve people who need help. And I love that great story you just gave of the of Batman. I think there's so much you can weave into creating your personal vision and then thinking about, like, how do I live from that place every day? And one of my things in terms of serving society is I really want to help people to become independent. So I started this um, something called the Awaken Project, which helps people who are living in poverty or below the poverty line become independent by starting their own businesses. And I did that through working with different um, organizations uh, so that not only does it benefit the organizations, then this microcredit fund helps people who can't help themselves by helping them to, to, well, rather teaching them how to help themselves. So everything I do is kind of from this vision. And I love what you just showed, like that Batman. If I wish everyone had a Batman story like that. And I hope people can find what is their kind of archetypal journey. And what you just shared is such a beautiful uh, archetypal journey of I'm, you know, I'm the, when you signal, I'm Batman. Like that is really, really cool. And I wish everybody to have a metaphor for their lives. It's like that. And, and, and I'm also, you know, want to mention something else too. Uh, yeah. That a lot of people uh, 
don't know is that, and I haven't told this story in over 30 years. And what happened was that when I was a kid in school, you know, uh, I was thrown in special education. Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know why. You know, you know, I, you know, I don't know why, you know, maybe I had an emotional problem. Uh, maybe I uh, had a learning disability. I, I, you know, I don't know, but for whatever the reason was, you know, I was thrown in there. And mm-hmm. in, in the 70s and 80s, it was very common uh, for African-American uh, children to be thrown in, in such an educational setting, you know, as that, you know, I don't know if it was uh, stereotypical or discriminatory. I, you know, I don't know. But as I said earlier, you know, I don't take no for an answer in most mm-hmm. cases. And for my educational academic, you know, career, I didn't take no for an answer there, you know, neither. And we're talking about a child that, we're talking about a child that, uh, you know, the people say, well, you know, they may not be emotionally ready to handle certain things, you know, right? Uh, so like uh, a normal child would do, they would act out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's what I did. I acted out because I feel that I was not being, you know, challenged. You know, I heard, you know, you know, people telling me stories. My peers were telling me stories about, you know, how academic challenging that they have, you know, been, and it really saddened me. It was like really embarrassing with the situation that I was in. So instead of crying over spilled milk and wallowing in the mud, I decided to come up with a strategy to get myself out of it. And one of the ways I had to do that is to get academia's attention. Mm-hmm. And I did that pretty well. So by the time I hit my junior year in college, you know, I did, but that was a catch. I had to do four years of high school in two years. Oh, wow. Oh, right. Wow. And some people basically threw obstacles in my way as if they want me to fail. But guess what? I proved everyone wrong. Hmm. Well, well, what did you do, Key? Okay, so first of all, not only did I have to do uh, four years of high school in two years, I also was involved in a lot of clubs and organizations in high school. And I had a part-time job, which means, you know, as a teenager, having your own money, you know, it's like being the executive in a Fortune 500 company. It was Hmm. hilarious. You know, so I never had to. So basically, you know, when the beginning of the year comes around, I could buy my own school clothes. I could buy my own school supplies. You know, I could buy any type of shoe that I want, any type of name brand clothes that I want. And I had to rely on my parents to buy me up. Nothing. I did it on my own. Amazing. Okay. So this, so this is how it's, so you know, and for the most part, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I did uh, find some time to hang out with my friends and things of that nature, uh, because I learned early on, it's important that you take time to yourself. 
you know, rest, kind of, uh, you know, chart, you know, recharge, refresh, renew. Okay, mm -hmm. so I, I did that too. Uh, but that was all thanks to time management. So I, you know, I knew when to do what, at what particular day, at what particular time. So I kind of mapped out my day each day. Okay, this is what I need to do today. Uh, this is how much time that I have, you know, to rest, you know, et cetera. So I put together a time management plan for myself for the next two years. And so uh, when I graduated from high school, there was roughly about 500 students that graduated uh, in my class. That, that's kind of a big deal. And in those 500 students, I was ranked in the top 2% of my class. Incredible. What a story. And why has it taken 30 years to hear this story? This story is remarkable and so inspiring. And I believe so many people need to tell the stories that you've just told. It just, I, if you could see me, I actually have tears in my eyes. Oh, I, I, I don't know why this story has not been told uh, in 30 years. Uh, you know, even in podcasting, I uh, had uh, the opportunity of having so many guests on a, on a podcast in the last uh, five years or so. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I rarely become a guest on a podcast. I, I don't know why. You know, I, I guess I never seeked out the opportunities to be you know, a part of a podcast, I, I don't know. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I do enjoy what I do. I love podcasts. Uh, but I never have an opportunity to be a guest on a, you know, podcast. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, I never, you know, seek the time to actually put myself out there and say, hey, I want to, I want to be interviewed too. So, um, well, I, I can I can't really explain why I have not done that. Here's an invitation for us and for everyone listening to this is anytime we are together in this conversation, for example, it's an opportunity to be reciprocal. It's an opportunity to not only for me to hopefully kind of give people a little inspiration, a little dose of what we do. It's also an opportunity for you as this amazing host to share your wisdom as, as part of it too. And I'd invite everybody, I think we will, that the world changes when we become more reciprocal, when we become more communal, and when we become more more related with one another and when we actually care about each other i think things change in a very powerful way so i would invite everybody listening to this to unlock your stories unlock how we see our our perspectives to include a more whole more broad and more powerfully diverse perspective um because that's that's really the way we're going to change the world. It isn't through doing things as we've always done them, as you have brilliantly illustrated 
in your story. I want to call you Batman now. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I really uh, appreciate that. Uh, it's definitely been a long journey and I still have a ways to go. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm proud of the progress mm -hmm. uh, that I have made mm -hmm. and you know everything that uh, was accomplished but I cannot say that I have not arrived uh, because I have a long way to go uh, mm -hmm. you know every day is a learning experience you mm -hmm. know for me it's just moving along having that vision fulfilled mm -hmm. And um, we're going to close in a few minutes, but I just want to uh, uh, read uh, Catherine Bell's biography as it was sent to me. Um, so I hope you don't mind if I read this. Go ahead, go ahead. And uh, so here we go. This is primary for the audience. Uh, Catherine Bell is a successful entrepreneur, business leader, and best-selling business author. The Awaken Company, which she founded, focused on helping organizations create healthy corporate cultures through awakening the self. Um, and I'm gonna ask, what do you mean by that after I finish? Uh, relationships and team dynamics. Previously, Catherine founded Blue Era, that's B-L-U Era in 2018, a profit 500 executive search and team transformation company. Okay, now I heard of Fortune 500, but uh, profit 500, that's something new. Mm -hmm. As a top 200 growing company in Canada, top 10 in Alberta, and best workplace, Blue Era was a shiny example of the awakening company system in action. With the sale of Blue Era to DHR, Catherine shift focus to awakening the fire within organizations through her strategy with Soul Consulting and the founding of the Awakening Company. The Awakening Company aims to aim the fire within organizations with passion, purpose, and playfulness. <laughs> okay, so this book also called The Awakening Company was found, was published in 2015 and was awarded the Nautica's Book Award in this is a leadership and became a seller one week after its release. That is fantastic. Mm. It was also a bestseller on Amazon, including eight of the best leadership books of 2015 and was recognized as a top book combined business and my books. Catherine has been published in Fortune, HBR, Profit, Conscious Company Magazine, Women of Influence has written for the UN. She has worked around the globe from the UK to Cuba, everyone from 500 companies to serial entrepreneurs. Uh, that's S-E-R-I-A-L, uh, not that sweet uh, sugary stuff that you eat on Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah. All right, Catherine has an MBA from the Smith School of Business at Queen's University, a sociology degree from Western University. It is a certified in Enneagram. Enneagram, that's right. 
what, what's that? Oh, so the Enneagram is a fabulous roadmap for how do we be more present in our lives. And it outlines nine different personality uh, traits, not traits, nine personality domains. And we all have one dominant personality domain. And once we understand that, it also helps us understand our personal vision more, because if we understand our Enneagram type, and it helps to understand what is our archetypal journey, what are the things we're good at, what are the things we need to work on. So I'd invite everybody to look at the Enneagram. I have a ton of free resources on my YouTube videos. And I also have an app called Awakenly, which people can go and download. I think it's about 20 bucks a year. And it has a small test that people can do. And also then daily practices every day for how to create a more awakened life. It's a very, um, it hasn't been officially launched yet and it's operational. So I invite people to uh, check that out. And I really would encourage people to um, look into the Enneagram, join some of our Enneagram courses that we're offering. I'm really excited to be doing this course. As I said earlier with Dr. Deborah Egerton, an African American who is really leading the charge in terms of how do we become more whole as a society. And so super excited to be working and partnering with her. And we have a new course coming up in September together. So everybody check out Awakenly, check out our courses, and definitely check out the Enneagram for who, which type are you? It, it becomes, it's very, very interesting. So I'd really encourage you to go check it out. Great question. Uh, yeah, I, okay, I, I want to finish this. Uh, yeah. So your yoga uh, instructor as well. Mm -hmm. uh, she held a two-term uh, fellowship at the Hainanese School of Business and is on an expert panel for the Canadian Center for the Purpose of the Corporation. In 2022, mm -hmm. Catherine was identified by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 10 innovative CEOs revamping the future. In the same year, Catherine also received the Platinum Titan Business Award for Female Executive of the Year in Consultation. As CEO of the Awakening Company, Catherine now consults all over the world on creating awakening companies. Catherine has taught thousands of people the Awakening Company process and worked with hundreds of teams. In 2022 alone, her work spanned 23 countries. She hosts in-person sessions with organizations on strategy and corporate culture, international webinars on Instagram, and teaches the Awakening Company team process to Queen University's business students. She also started the Awakening Project, a jewelry line that helps women out of poverty through starting their own business with microphones. Catherine has been a board member of the Distress Center and Open to Grow. She is an advisor to the Impact Society and Talis Spark. She completed the Institute of Corporate Directors Not-for-Profit not Essentials Program. She recently uh, co-founded a mindfulness app, Awakenly, which uses the Imogen Immigram to ground people into presence and trans transforming their reality. In addition to being a com community act advocate 
uh, Catherine is also a mother, wife, and friend. She loves her spiritual practice, meditating, and windsurfing. Mm -hmm. That is quite a, a biography here. And you wear a lot of hats. So when do you have time for yourself? I have a practice that I do every day. And actually, you have, I love this question because I'm really, really working on self-care. And so for me, a, one of the most important things these days is, okay, what does self-care look like for me right now? And how am I being kind to myself? So that's a very, very important question. And I have a daily meditation practice. I am working on eating well. And I'm working on getting good sleep. All right. It's uh, almost time for us to uh, uh, get out of here. Um, but if someone wants to contact you, how do you be able to contact you? Info at Awakened Company is the best email to use. And we are on almost all social media platforms under at The Awakened Company or The Awakened Company. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, please join our communities. Our aim with our social media is to provide practical, real advice to people to live more fulfilling lives, to also have more fulfilling relationships and more fulfilling teams. So we really see uh, social media as a conduit to help people live small, live great lives by small acts. All right, so it is always a practice here with all of our guests and all of our podcasts to where the guests will have the last word before we close. So uh, Catherine, what is your last word to the audience? Thank you for listening. And I invite you to consider what is your personal vision and what is the smallest thing you can do every day to enact your personal vision and huge gratitude for you for hosting me today and also for vulnerably opening up. So, and yeah, please, please give us a follow and join our community. We'd love to have you. Uh, well, it's certainly a pleasure uh, having you here and uh, bringing us such a um, inspirational perspective on what you do and how we can become better at what we do and becoming a better person. Certainly, thank you for that as well. And hopefully, and I wish you the best in, in your future endeavors. And uh, anytime that you want to uh, come back and talk to us some more, would be very grateful to have. Oh, I'd love to come. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. And that will conclude our uh, segment for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, be sure to tune in next week because we have some great guests as always all over the world talking about anything and everything uh, that people need to know, they may not know, or you know, whatever. This is the place and the platform for you. I'm Keith Williams. Thank you so much. Enjoy your rest of the weekend. We'll see you next week.
The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by RadioGuestList.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.